Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Talk and Talk podcast. I'm Mel. I am your host, and I am very excited to be here for yet another week in the pod. And let me start off by saying, before I get into the bulk of this week's episode, just a massive thank you to everybody that's followed the pod so far, to everybody that listened to that very first episode. I have been receiving some very lovely DMs from some of you, expressing not only your excitement over the podcast, but also how much that first episode resonated with some of you and that has brought me so much joy i was fucking terrified of kickstarting this whole thing and i talked about it briefly in last week's episode where the prospect of vulnerability immensely terrifies me when it comes to all things social media and i think particularly when we talk about a podcast we're talking about storytelling and it's a storytelling that forces you to be more vulnerable to be more open in order to connect with your audience because you have nothing but voice a story is all that you have got and it was so very scary to me but i am so excited to bring you guys on this journey with me and for this week's episode i thought it would be maybe cool maybe insightful to share what i consider to be my reality the reality of living alone this might not apply to everybody but i moved on my own for the very first time last year and i <laughs> have been sort of faced with this shock of it not being everything that it is cut out to be online and the reason why i started to think about this recently is because this past week i had to rush my cat vin to the vet twice and not only was it a super scary experience but it really got me thinking about living on my own building my own life and routine and the amount of responsibilities that come with living alone that were so unfamiliar to me or that perhaps i wasn't that well versed in and again how it's not nearly as glamorous as it appears in social media and i had always looked at the prospect of moving as something beautiful and inspiring and otherworldly and although it still is all of those things because there is such a big merit to moving out whether you are renting or you are buying your own home i think the way that people share their experiences in real life and in social media can definitely make it seem like such a seamless and easy journey and i know for me in those first few months of moving out on my own it made me feel like i was doing something wrong with my experience and that maybe moving out wasn't all that it was cut out to be and it made me feel kind of bad and so i am here to share what i have learned in the past almost a year of having moved out living on my own and how the journey hasn't been the easiest there's been a lot of ups and downs and there are a lot of things that I haven't shared on my channel because it's been such a tumultuous ride, but I hope that for anybody who might be going through a similar experience, you guys find this somewhat comforting and that you know that you are not the only one that is going through it or that has gone through something like this. I think that a good place to start with this one might be me stating just how much I had glorified the idea of moving out as somebody who grew up as a parentified child and somebody who got dealt the card of independence a lot earlier than kids my age i always liked the prospect of independence of being able to make my own choices and deciding what goes what doesn't go and not having those choices made for me i was 
always obviously since I was a kid and I didn't really understand the nuances of a lot of what was happening around me I was always having things being chosen for me in not necessarily a way that benefited me or that kept my best interests at heart and so I was always yearning for that moment when I was old enough and financially stable enough to move out whether it was me moving to another country which growing up was very appealing to me or owning my own house, owning my own apartment and doing all of these adult things. I had always yearned for that. I had always glorified the idea of that. And I genuinely thought that once I moved out of my parents' homes, that all of my problems would be solved. And I think that was the peak of the mountain for me, was that I truly believed that once I moved out, all of those problems would be magically erased. And I had not thought about what comes after. Once you leave that perhaps toxic space or that space where you don't necessarily feel the safest or the most comfortable in, or a place that you think is performing some sort of disservice to who you are or who you believe you are as a person, I genuinely believed that it would erase everything without really thinking about what comes after. And so as an adult, I kind of carried all of those ideas with me. I knew that I wanted to move out because I was very much used to a loud environment where my work wasn't being respected at times, where I was being undermined a lot because I didn't have a traditional job. And I knew that just based on that alone, I really wanted to have a space that I could call my own where I could have that peace and quiet and where I would be able to work without feeling inadequate because I had pursued something different than what is traditionally pursued. I wanted to have a space I could call my own and build a sense of home for myself that was completely detached to what I had experienced before because I was very much used to living under a roof that was somewhat limiting for me. Regardless of what I was doing, I almost felt like I was being watched and I felt like everything was being criticized. And whether or not that was true for every single instance where I felt that way, what I ate was being judged. And what I did with my time or what I didn't do with my time was always under scrutiny and how I worked out even was judged by people in my household and it still as an adult was a very controlled space where I had to abide by somebody else's rules even if it was a disservice to me or it infantilized me and I think that there is loads to be said about that alone as somebody who is Latina as somebody who grew up in a Latin household I think a lot of those ideas come from the cultural background that is Latinidad and so Again, a whole conversation on its own. But I think more than anything, I wanted and I yearned for the freedom to explore who I was and make decisions that felt true to me, including healing all of the wounds that were caused by my environment and the trauma I had experienced growing up just based on my home environment. I searched for months and months. I viewed many different places. I had a very specific idea in my head of what I wanted. And I think that's where the first mistake came in was that just based on my budget, which wasn't very high for what you typically see here in Panama, I was looking for something almost unachievable. I wanted wood floorings and I wanted gorgeous exposed brick walls. And 
And I had, again, this idea of what I wanted in my head. I had Pinterest boards. I had planned for years. And then my mom, being a real estate agent, she was like, baby girl, how do I fucking tell you that what you have in your head is literally almost unattainable for the budget you have. Like, yes, you could potentially find a few things that maybe homeowners have remodeled to fit your standard. But even then, more likely than not, it will be outside of your budget. I still searched high and low. Nothing would fit the criteria. Nothing would fit what I wanted. And I think that was my very first moment of realization that I needed to adjust my expectations for whatever I thought I knew this experience would be because it's not at all what you probably make up in your head. And so I finally found an apartment that I really, really loved. It didn't necessarily have everything I was looking for, but it did have some of those elements that I, again, very much liked just in terms of distribution of like rooms, kitchen, living room, all of those things. And then the finishes of everything. I really liked the flooring. I really liked the showers. And just, again, the little details that to me felt like, okay, I am compromising some of the things that I wanted, but I still am getting the same sort of look and feel, even if it's not exactly it. And so I moved and the process was very fast. I also wasn't expecting it to be that fast, which I think gave me virtually no time to mentally prepare for the absolute shock that would be moving out and not living with my mom anymore. I thought that I would sign the contract and like put in the deposit and like I would have maybe like a month or two to figure things out. And I absolutely fucking did not. I literally signed that contract. I paid that deposit and immediately it was, let's go look for furniture. Let's travel the whole wide country and city to find things that are again within the budget. I knew I wanted some mid-century modern decor and I had again no idea what the fuck I was doing so we were going through the motions and lo and behold after maybe two and a half to three weeks of having signed a contract I was literally moved in which again gave me virtually no time to sort of separate myself from the life I had been living to now the life I would be leading on my own and the very first week if not I would argue maybe month or two or three or four um I was very much under the impression that I had made a mistake because every single day I would wake up and I would do not necessarily a routine but I would go through the motions of what you would typically do in a day have breakfast work have lunch go back to work have dinner all the things all the steps and I would tell myself like I made a mistake like I think I should still be living at home like what the fuck is this why am I not only so lonely but it's, it's really not that glamorous. Like I thought I would be having like the best time. I would be like hosting all the time. I would be doing these outrageous like dance parties and having fun on my own. And no, it was very passive. And the silence was very, very loud. And not only was the silence extremely loud, it was also deeply uncomfortable. And that was something I had never seen anybody talk about when sharing their journey and their experience with moving out. I had always seen people be so cheerful and joyful in their proud announcements of moving out and acquiring their own home and taking people in this journey with them. And barely any part of it was this sort of existential side of 
moving out to live on your own. Yes, I had seen people be frustrated with the journey because moving, as all things are, is a very time-consuming, physically, mentally exhausting thing to do. However, I had never seen people mention how living alone forces you to deal with the ugly parts of yourself you'd rather not look at. All of those spots and crevices you think about at some point and yet you ignore in the hopes that that one glimpse was wrong. And I very quickly realized that moving out had dealt me a card I wasn't expecting it to. It handed me an uno fucking reverse card that said... Now you have your freedom. Now you have the independence you very much craved and you can choose what to do and not to do and when to do things or when not to do things. Now you've got that little bit of extra time. Now you've got that peace and that deafening quiet silence. And now you confront yourself because there is nothing for you to do but listen to yourself and listen to your own thoughts. And my experience, my very human experience was looking at what other people had done and pinpointing that, picking it apart and saying, this is the part they played. This is what they have done. This is what they have done that deeply affects me. This is what they've done to me. This is what they did and my take on it. And I was very much not used to seeing what part I had played in those key moments of my life. And suddenly I looked at them and it wasn't easy in the slightest. And so the very first thing I had to come to terms with was the fact that I had no semblance of balance. I had none. I had convinced myself that I had it and that I could work and take days off or that I could work for half the day and then the other half of the day I could sit down or watch a movie or watch a TV show or go out to eat with my friends or spend some time with my family but I did not have that time because I continuously kept choosing my work over the people in my life because I kept telling myself that if I didn't work, everything would fall to pieces. That if I kept working, I wouldn't be able to sustain the life I so desperately wanted. And so I pushed myself and pushed myself up until I got myself to this space of burnout so heavily that I didn't even realize that that's what it was. I didn't, I wasn't able to differentiate between regular mindset, grind mindset, burnout mindset. Everything was the same to me because I didn't know where I was in my work life, in my life and work balance. I didn't have time for anything and I continuously overworked myself. I had to realize also that I was utilizing my work as an escape tool to an environment I didn't feel wholly safe in. And I'm talking before I moved. I was constantly reaching for my work because I knew that if I told people I am busy, I would evade phone calls. I would evade family time. I would evade spending time with people that I wasn't necessarily happy with at the time. And it was very much my form of escapism back when I used to live with my mom. And once more, I thought that by moving out, that would be magically fixed. And yet, I very quickly came to terms with the fact that even though I had moved, 
I kept reaching for it in the exact same way as a means to fill in the silence, as a means to occupy myself so I didn't have to confront myself. And so before it was a means to escape other people and now work was a way to escape myself. It wasn't sustainable. It wasn't healthy. And it is still something I am very much working on because it's very difficult to unglue yourself from that grind, that hustle mindset that is so widely spread around social media. Everything is don't stop. Everything is go reach for that other thing. Everything is start that new project. Everything is don't stop working up until you've attained that goal. And while yes, a lot of the time, particularly if you're self-employed, it is a part of the journey to work yourself to the fucking bone because your own success is dependent on you figuring shit out as you go. There is a very thin line between I am doing this because it's a part of the journey to then this is the only thing I know and it is what I live and breathe for. And I work for my job. My job doesn't work for me and it can very quickly become unhealthy and toxic. And to me, it became an evasion tactic because I knew that I had so much to confront and so much to look at and so much to work out in therapy. There was so much I was holding on to as part of my lived experience. And I didn't realize up until this point of my life just how much resentment I had for the people in my life, not all of them, but some of them, and those very specific difficult situations I was put in the middle of, whether the resentment was mine to have or I stole it from other people, it was ragingly present. And again, as part of the finding a work-life balance, this is also something I am working on because it's not easy. A lot of those are open wounds for us. And the process alongside anything relating to mental health is not linear, but those were all things I had never thought of before I moved. It was almost as if because the environment I was living in before was so loud and everybody was constantly chatting and talking and talking over each other, it didn't allow me to just sit with myself and think on these things and face these very difficult realizations. And down the line, it obviously makes a lot of sense as to you know, certain behavioral patterns and certain traumas that still are manifest in my life. And it has been a very emotional journey for me. I have found myself just like crying on very sleepless nights. I have found myself washing dishes and just breaking down into tears. I have found myself literally filming and then realizing that I'm very much not in the mood for that or I've sat down to edit and had to stop midway because just those intrusive thoughts were starting to come in at the most sometimes inopportune of times and not inopportune inopportune you know exactly what I mean and it wasn't really easy it still isn't because it still happens to this day and truly one of the biggest things I have had to face head on and work on ever since I moved was my eating disorder which I won't get into in detail at all in this episode because it is a trigger warning in and of itself and it's a very sensitive subject and so I won't talk about it very in depth but Living on my own made me realize 
a lot of the ideas that I had regarding this one thing and the way that I was raised and the people I was surrounded by and the environment I was in so deeply impacting that one specific thing, that very unique facet of my life and how now I have to unglue myself from a lot of these ideas, from a lot of these thoughts. And sometimes you wake up confused and sometimes you don't really like know what's yours and what you're holding on to from other people, from societal expectations and standards. And living on my own, I never thought that I'd have to confront these things so emotionally and so directly. And it's been one of the hardest things I have done in my life. And living alone, although has made it obviously very difficult because sometimes it's very isolating, at the same time, it has provided me the exact environment I needed in order to figure out who I am, what I stand for, and how to work on these things in a way that feels sustainable to me and in a way that is healthy to me, for me, instead of allowing or being in a space where other people are choosing that for me, if that makes sense. So yeah, the silence is strong with the force, y'all. <laughs> and those are kind of my experiences with the silence that... I think is worthy and notable to talk about because for me, it's been such a big part of the experience. Like, yes, I am very grateful. I am very blessed. I am very happy. I continuously feel an immense amount of joy at the fact that I have been able to build this life on my own. However, the experience sometimes does look like that. And so, again, think it's worth sharing for people who find themselves in those similar spots. Anyways, sad and existential stuff aside, let's talk about the funny haha moments <laughs> of living on your own and moving out. Because let me tell you, I had virtually no experience with work having to be done around the place I was living in. Sure, I was used to receiving people back when I lived with my mom. I was the only one home most of the time. I was the only one available to receive people to do maintenance on the ACs or to install or fix little things. At one point though, our flooring did inflate like a fucking balloon and we had to take them all out. And by we, I mean, the personnel equipped to do that had to take out the floors and put them back in. Listen, it was it was a time. However, I wasn't the one coordinating that or reporting that to any landlord. Now that responsibility is mine. And I am deeply afraid of everything, okay? I am deadly afraid of reporting, oh my God, my windows are crick and cracking. Like, why are they doing that? They shouldn't be doing that when the wind hits them. Or hey, I have a literal hole in my shower that is allowing a colony of fucking invasive neighbors, also known as roaches, to come into my shower. I am like so afraid of reporting any of that just because I think it's going to be blamed on me. <laughs> I have to keep it honest. I am literally terrified of reporting anything and them going, that's your fault. That's you not taking care of your apartment. And I'm like, no, I promise you I am. I am a stickler when it comes to these things. But the responsibility of having to text people to coordinate these things, I'm used to emailing. I'm used to negotiating things. I am used to doing work-relating things. When it comes to personal stuff regarding this, I am so out of my comfort zone. It is 
unreal. And also adopting two cats was the most chaotic decision, yet the best one I ever made. I knew very quickly after deciding that I wanted to move out that I also wanted to adopt a pet. Whether it was a dog or a cat, I was very decided on that. My mom had a lot to say. She didn't want me to adopt anything because she was like, it's too massive a responsibility and you already have enough expenses with moving out and grocery shopping and paying for rent and paying for the light bill and whatever comes with living on your own and moving out. But I, I just knew. I knew that because I'm a person that deals with enough feelings regarding and surrounding loneliness that I didn't want to be fully on my own and that I did want to adopt at least a single pet. And so I adopted my first ever cat. I grew up as a dog person. I had never had any experiences with cats. So it was a very bold move on my end because I didn't know if I liked cats, if I didn't like cats. I had only ever seen either friends or family members have cats, but never, I'd never really dealt with a cat in like close proximity like that. So I adopted my first cat, Miss Vin, shout out the heart, named after Vin from the Mistborn Era One saga by Brandon Sanderson, shout out to Vin. And I have to admit friends, after adopting my cats, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I'm a cat person. <laughs> it's almost like a confession to be made because again, I grew up surrounded by dogs. I had only ever had dogs as pets, but there's just something about cats and, and their behavior and how unlike the stereotype of a cat they are, I had always been told that cats were super independent and super standoffish. They don't care about you. They'll literally fight you. They'll claw you apart. That they just are not very loving. And it was very quickly proved wrong to me, not only by Vin, but also by my second cat that I also adopted, Miss Sill, <laughs> named after Sill from the Stormlight Archive <laughs> by Brandon Sanderson. It's just, I'm just collecting them like infinity stones at this point but very quickly realize that it's the complete opposite. Once you earn that love and that respect, they are so immensely loving. They have so much to give and they are so incredibly intuitive. It's like actually wild. And it's also very just entertaining to have cats around the house. The shenanigans they get up to sometimes baffles me because I'm like, what the heck are you guys thinking? It is truly, again, the best decision I ever made. And I wish I kind of would have adopted them at the same time. I didn't know cats were technically advised to be adopted two at a time. And more likely, more recommended from the same litter. I had no idea. And so I adopted them separately, but they get so incredibly along. It's wild. They are the best of sisters and the best of daughters. I know what people are probably going to say, like, Mel, those are not your children. Yes, they are, okay? They are as high maintenance as a fucking baby, and I love every second of it. <laughs> but even the responsibility of having my own pets, I was really not aware of having to rush them to the vet if any emergencies were coming up with cats to every day clean the litter box and then every week exchange the actual litter. I had no idea about any of these things. So it also sort of had its own learning curve. So not only was I dealing with all of the personal stuff, but I was also learning as I went with having adopted cats. But I love them to bits. And again, one of the best decisions I ever made. And they truly make living alone so much less lonely than it could potentially feel. 
That's not to say I don't feel lonely half the time because I do. And that's just a wholly, deeply personal existential thing. However, the company is always immensely appreciated. And let me just say too, that moving out has made me so much more organized than I ever expected to be. I was very much used to living in my own chaos <laughs> and doing laundry and just like throwing it on an armchair. And I still do sometimes, I'm not gonna lie. Like laundry is probably my least favorite thing to get done around the house. Love doing dishes, love cooking, love sweeping the floors. I love mopping the floors. I love making the bed. I love, you know, dressing up the bed. All of those things like I really, really enjoy. I love putting things in their proper places. When it comes to laundry, listen, she still kind of struggles, but it's fine. Point is, it's made me like very organized in my to-do list for today, which I appreciate because as somebody who has had virtually no semblance of balance between life and work, I have to write things down on my to-do list as far as filming and editing and putting up a video or doing things for Patreon or going grocery shopping, making my grocery list, taking grocery inventory, whatever it is, it has genuinely made me such a to-do list person, which I not going to lie, I absolutely love. I love having my little to-do list pad on my desk or writing it down on a electronic device. I love it. I love planning. And although I don't like planning in like the traditional sense of 6 a.m. we wake up, 7 a.m. we do this, uh, 8 a.m. breakfast, uh, I don't like to do that. I will most certainly write my to-do list for the day and I very much appreciate, I think it's the structure of it all that I deeply enjoy because I was so used to doing things like willy-nilly, like whatever came up, I would do. The ADHD is really doing its thing sometimes. Again, the sense of structure to the day. Not every day is going to look the same. I'm not a heavily routined person, but that little bit of routine, that little bit of structure, very much thankful for it. So, you know, even though moving can be quite an exhausting feat and it is quite a brazen move, it is worth every single second. Even though it at times can be very emotionally demanding and there is quite a bit of a learning curve to it because there are many a thing that we're not used to before we move out to live on our own, I think there's loads to be thankful for. And I will forever be grateful that moving has provided me ultimately with a space to accompany or provide a clearer head and a place that continues to motivate me to better myself, even if at times I'm not choosing it myself, even if at times it is not initiated by me, I am still thankful that it is a safe space for me to explore all of these things without feeling judged, without feeling watched, and more than anything, without feeling like I need to please anybody other than myself. And so that freedom and that peace and quiet, it's very much real. Even if it comes with these contingencies, it is very much still there. And I will never forget that a lot of people were telling me that I wasn't ready to move out, that I wasn't ready emotionally, that I wasn't ready financially to make this decision. But I think at the end of the day, regardless of what others think or what others hold as an opinion on you moving out, only you can decide when taking that step is right for you. And I think that 
I needed to hear that at the time where I was deciding or I was thinking of moving out. And that's why I'm saying it, because there were loads of people in my life that were making me feel very unsure of taking this step and were making me doubt whether or not that was the right choice. And there is nobody that can decide that but you, because things can be figured out along the way. There is no manual to living alone, just as there is no manual to live in general. And it's most definitely a discovery path and a chance to get to know yourself better instead of consistently and constantly hearing people tell you who and what you are. And for me, that is the reality of living alone, is that ultimately you are building a space for yourself, a home for yourself, where you feel the safest to explore who you are, to explore what you want to do, to explore what your routine looks like, and figure it out as you go. And that's the beauty of it, is that you'll be able to do it under your own time, under your own set of rules and not have anybody tell you otherwise, which is such a great feeling. And so even if it can be an uncomfortable experience, I love every second of it because I know that I'll be able to wake up in the mornings, thankfully, and listen to my audiobook as I tidy up and get those beginning of day chores done. And then I make myself a cup of coffee to have with my breakfast so that I can then start my work day and tackle the to-do list. And I adore having my two little companions and playing and cuddling them and knowing that I'm providing a nice life to two beautiful cats. And I am very much loving this journey of figuring myself out. I am not a perfect person. I am most certainly not a perfect human. And I have made mistakes and I continue to make mistakes. But I think sitting in that silence has provided me with so much insight as to what happened, what part, again, I have played in situations and how I want to move forward with my life and with who I am as a person. And I think especially as somebody who was always told what they should be and who are what they are, this is something that I immensely appreciate and hold dear and never want to let go of. So even if it's not always easy, it is worth every single second to me. Yeah, I think that's all I've got for you guys today for this episode. So I hope that you guys resonated with some of this, that you guys can perhaps find some comfort in what was talked about today. I am here with you going through the same exact experiences as some of you. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this one. Don't forget to follow the podcast if you haven't done so already in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you want to find me anywhere else on socials, I do have my YouTube channel. It is youtube.com slash Reads. And I also have a Patreon if you want to support both the channel and the podcast a little bit further. It is patreon.com slash Reads. You can find me in any of those places. I love you all so, so much. Thank you for being here with me for another episode. And I shall see you next week. Goodbye.